Chime in anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed. Doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to be. I am no Jedi. I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to. That thing's not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 17 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series, in whatever order we please. I'm your host, Cassie. And I'm your other host, the partner. The partner. The partner. Hey, howdy, partner. (laughs) Also known as Tommy. And today we're continuing our journey we've dubbed the Hyperspace Route to Obi-Wan Kenobo, because that's how I say his name now. And we're trying, we're trying, I say we're trying, because I hate, I keep having to Google and find, like, actual episodes that star him prominently. Um, and they're mostly three-parters. Uh, and there are a lot of three-parters I'm coming to realize in this yeah, show. <laughs> once, once you, once you get into season three, it's like... Okay. Why, why isn't do, this show just an hour long? We could do story arcs, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they would have been better served by having like hour long episodes yeah. some of the times. But also like three parties are fine. It's like. fine. Yeah. Um, but this seems to happen a lot. Um and this one is actually we're actually going backwards because I think the last three part we did was almost just after this. It, yeah. Yep. Um, because then we started talking about it and then we realized that this one was right before. And for me, this one's really special because I feel like this is the three part where I was like, wow, they're really trying to do something different here. And also like, there's a lot to discuss and we should do a podcast about it. And so this is, this is like one of the three parters that I really feel like kind of contributed to us doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. right now. And I'm dubbing it the force gods arc because it's like... (laughs) They're not gods, but I mean, they basically are like all powerful living in their own little shell. So this is the three-parter that's in season three. It's episodes 15, 16, and 17. It's Overlords, Altar of Mortis, and then it's not Citadel Rescue. I forgot to change that. It's Ghost of Mortis. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remembered what they were. Um, There aren't many new cast members except for the characters that are playing the son, the daughter, and the Holy Ghost, <laughs> the Father. <laughs> I kept thinking about that and was like, I don't want to make this an allegory, but uh, yeah. So I don't think I don't think that's what they were going. <laughs> it's not, but it's just I keep thinking about yeah. it, even though I know nothing about religion because I'm not religious at all. Yeah. So th- I did want to just pause real quick because because you're right, we did kind of skip over this one. Part of the reason for that was I think when when like we always wanted to talk about this episode, but when I was looking at episodes that you know were obi-wan specific this one always felt more like it was it was more anakin well yeah absolutely but, it is and i mean i think some of the other ones you can make that argument for too that we've already covered but i do think that anakin or anakin i do think that obi-wan plays a super prominent role mm-hmm. obviously in this and it's i think it's it's really important for his character arc as well because we get some there's some interesting characters that come back Mm -hmm. in this, in this episode, specifically like one specific that we'll talk about here in a second. And I had kind of taken down a note of 
when that character makes their appearance, it there is a pretty big difference in, in how Anakin interacts with them and how Obi-Wan interacts with them. But we mm-hmm. can talk about it in a second. Yeah. No, I'd like to know what you're getting at. Mystery. Yeah. So really quickly, the cast, uh, we have Matt Lanter, Lanter, Anakin, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. Lloyd Cher as the father. I don't think I almost said Lord Cher. Uh, he does many video game voices uh, in Dishonored, Bioshock, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, like huge, huge video games. His, his voice is one of those voices that like you hear and you're like, I. He's like 50 different characters. I've heard this character in yeah. so many other things before. Uh, or I've heard this voice actor in so many other things before. And, and I had kind of the same. Like the the initial thought, like I was just like, I know, I know this this person, but it was one of those it, it was one of those things where it was less like, oh, I know this person from like this, or I th- I'm pretty sure this person's this. It was just like, I know this person because I've heard their voice literally everywhere. <laughs> yes, which is true. Yeah, that's the absolute truth. Um, Adrian Wilkinson is the daughter. She, <laughs> so she was actually uh in Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, she played Maris Brood in The Force Unleashed, which I think is one of the coolest concepts for a character. I really dig her her character concept. She was in live action. She was Eve, the daughter of Xena, warrior princess. I didn't even know Xena had a daughter. Oh, I yeah, never got that far in that story in that uh, show. She was Lexa Singh in Star Trek Renegades, which I've never seen. But the last name Singh was familiar to me because Khan Noonien Singh. Uh, she's a descendant of Khan, so that's kind of neat. There's Sam Witwer, of course, who Tommy keeps making fun of me because I did not ever realize he was in Riverdale. I feel like this has come up before. I, I bet you there's an actual sure episode where we talk about this, <laughs> but I did not realize that until I was looking it up again. And I was like, oh, shit. Obviously, it's very poignant that he plays the son, but he's also Maul, um, and their characters are very similar. Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. and Pernilla August is Shmi. Yep, so, so for those who might not... Remember, those are the actual actors who who played them in, in yeah. live action. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool. I mean, it's really cool that um, it, we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I, it, it's it's really that's our whole life. It's like, did we talk about this on the podcast, yeah. or do we just like sit, you know, in the house and just talk about this? It's really. I, I think it's really cool that, um, especially for for Liam Neeson, who I mean. Liam Neeson does, like, so much stuff now, like, to yeah. come back and, like, do the voice for Qui-Gon. Like, mm-hmm. I- I'd be curious to know, like, if that's just, like, a thing where he's, like, like, no, this is me. Like, I have to do it. Like, I wonder, because, like, I can't imagine he's, you know, making, like, a ton of money to do no. a couple lines in these episodes. But everyone seems to come back. Like, everyone seems to have a connection. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do this. Well, but I mean, like, you don't have the main actors Yeah, but that, I feel that's because they have to, con- they have to Actually, dedicate no. themselves to a much longer time period of doing this than I, just, like... I disagree. I don't think everyone... I mean, I think it's 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 more... I, this, I think... I want to say that Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson is the only... Uh, Liam Neeson and then... Uh, the actor that plays Shmi are the only ones who have like come back to reprise their roles. No, we just had uh, C-3PO. Oh, true. Okay, so those three. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's been more. I mean, the characters that come up very often... I mean, Darth Maul is Darth Maul. The voice of Darth Maul. Is yeah, Sam but... Witwer in the movies, too. 
But was he? I don't think he was Darth Maul in the first movie. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. But he was in. He was definitely in. Uh, he was re- Solo and other things. Yeah, they they had him, but that was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clone Wars stuff. Dark, did Darth Maul even really talk in the first one? I feel like he he had maybe two lines. Yeah, I don't feel like he talked at all. I was just saying um, that there's only like there like those are the only three characters that have yeah. actually like reprised their roles in. It's true. I can't really think of anybody else. That it has. is just. It's just. Intri- uh, well, I. I. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. There's the only three characters that I can think of. I'm sure there's like one or two more that played smaller characters. But I mean, I think that the point I'm getting at is that Liam Neeson is like big movie star. Yeah. And, you know, like he doesn't have to like come back. Pretty for cool. Clone Wars. Yeah, I would um, be curious to know why. Like, what yeah. the impetus was. Was it just like, oh, I watch all this. This is cool. Or yeah. like. You know, that would be the the most exciting thing if he was like, uh, please let me be in this show. <laughs> but all right. So that's our cast. Uh, we also have very, very small. Obviously, they're in like every other episode. But there's, you know, Dee Bradley Baker, Tom Kane, Ian Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Catherine Tabor, Padme, um, Darcidius, all those yeah. guys. But they're very they have very small parts in this this three parter. Yeah. And they, they yeah, they're with the exception of Dee Bradley Baker. I want to say that the rest of them kind of show up in a flashback. Like they, they have a, a voice. Future, or a future. B- a future back. A future back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe that's. A back I think that's a called a premonition. A, a, a future back. I like a future back. Uh, it sounds gross. I don't know why. Okay. Um, so the official description for this one, episode 15, Overlords. A mysterious force draws Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka to a distant planet and its inhabitants, a family of exceptionally powerful force wielders, in an attempt to determine whether Anakin is truly the chosen one. The patriarch of this family, known only as the father, has spent ages maintaining the balance between his daughter and his son. The father reveals his days are outnumbered, and he seeks Anakin to take his place as the fulcrum of this balance. A test proves that Anakin is capable of controlling both offspring as the father does, but Skywalker refuses to take the father's place. And the moral here is balance is found in the one who faces his guilt, which is huge. Yeah. Um, I think we've 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 talked a lot about Anakin and what his impetus for turning to the dark side is, and or just what his ish, what his issue is, <laughs> and it really is his guilt. He is constantly plagued by the fact that he is going to feel guilty if he doesn't do something. And so, especially in these three episodes, but I'm sure that that holds true for every other episode well, with it's, him. So it's, I think it's his desire to want to like, like save everything and be there for everyone. Like his whole thing. I mean, I think the guilt a lot specifically in this episode is him not being able to save his mother, right? And it's you see that when when Shmi comes back, right? Shmi mm-hmm. comes back in a vision. Well, it turns out to not be Shmi. It's the brother pretending to be Shmi. Yeah. Sorry, the the son. I keep calling him the brother. Well, he's the he's, he's the, the brother daughter's to the, brother. He's the brother to the daughter. Yeah, they call each other daughter. I know they were calling each other brother and sister, and I was like, wait, those aren't their names. Yeah, it's. It, well, I kept getting so confused, it's even con- though it's not that confusing. <laughs> it's confusing when they they have titles as names because yes. it's like, what? Which one is the real? What one? are their actual names? But I guess is their it middle is name that. daughter or sister, daughter sister, child, <laughs> daughter sister child, force wielder. Son, brother, child. Um, But no, I think that I think that that's the up to this point, especially because that would have just happened, I think, timeline wise, 
that would have happened like more recently, right? Like he he in episode two like couldn't save you know his mother. He yeah. slaughters he slaughters the uh, Tuscan people uh, because of that, and I think he has guilt for both things, mm-hmm. right? He has guilt that he wasn't able to save her, and then he has guilt that he gave in mm-hmm. to to his kind of desire for vengeance. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, too, that, like, that's the moral for this one as well. It really feels like it's, I mean, it's in the Jedi Creed, which I'm going to butcher, but it's like, it's like, it's like something leads to something, something leads to something, mm-hmm. and then something else leads to I don't suffering. think desire is in there. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it's hate. I know hate leads. There's also, like, there is no blah, blah, blah. There is only blah, blah, blah. There yeah, is hate. no blah, blah, blah. There is only the Force. It might not be the Jedi Creed. It might just be from... But that might just be from KOTOR. Um, Fear is a path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And so I think guilt plays a heavy role in that for Anakin, right? Where guilt Anakin, is the suffering part. Guilt is the suffering part because, like, I think there's the fear, right? There's the fear that Anakin had of, like, this could happen again. Like, I could not be able to save someone again. That leads to him being angry, you know, at not being able to save everyone. Then his anger leads to hate. You know, I hate the Sith. I hate the dark side. I hate the Jedi because the Jedi can't save everything. And then that leads, that hate then leads to the suffering of himself and, well, billions of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, I, I think that, I think that was a really powerful scene in this episode where Shmi does come back because I think that is like a, it's a very unfinished, kind of emotional through line for Anakin, I think. And it's it's pretty raw for him at that point as well, too, I would have to imagine. Mm-hmm. And for her to just kind of come back, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I think that was a really kind of important point for him. I will add, though, that I think guilt for Anakin becomes a thing where he, it's not just the fact that he harbors guilt because he wants to save everyone, Guilt for him becomes a thing where he's trying to prevent it before it happens. Yes. Like, he's trying to prevent his own suffering in some ways. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I do this, then I won't have to feel bad about it later. Right. Um, and that that absolutely comes up. I actually, I actually marked a few quotes where he says things like that. And it's like, wait, your logic is flawed here. Like, yep. you're not... It sounds like you don't even care if you save this person. You're like, I'm going to hate myself if I don't do this. And part of it becomes more about him than the person he's actually saving. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, he he very much has like a savior complex where it's like, I have to save everyone and everything. And I think that that makes sense for the way that he turns to the dark side and basically becomes a fascist. Which is why this this three-parter is so important. Of course, he forgets half of it. <laughs> well, because he forgets, continuity. <laughs> yeah, he forgets. I think he forgets. Yeah, he forgets the um the vision he gets in the last the future episode, back. Which we'll, well, the future back, which we'll talk about. But <laughs> he um no, you're totally right. I I also think it makes sense for the where the way his character goes and essentially becoming <laughs> a dictator. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm not rationalizing it or saying that it's right. But if you think about like. I need to be able to save and protect everyone. Uh-huh. The only way to do that is if I can control everyone's yeah. moves and you make as extreme precautions yeah. that don't make sense. And you try to. It's the same way. We're kind of kind of moving ahead, but in the in the third episode of this three parter, where he's with Obi Wan and basically like dark side hell water, 
whatever it is. It's like the dark side well or whatever. He basically says, like, you, you're not going to understand why I'm going to do this, but I have to do it. And you're going to yeah. try to stop me, but I'm going to keep trying to do it. Yeah, I, I really, that. I can't wait till we get to that, because I have a lot yeah. of thoughts about that. So I'm going to, I'm going to speed through the summary. Sorry, I jumped the first way one. ahead. No, 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 no. So that we can keep talking about this. Because, I mean, the, the summary of what happens, basically, like, there's a lot of shit that happens in these three-parters. Um, and I've realized that. That's kind of the thing that sucks about having them in three different episodes because, like, one episode, like, a whole bunch of shit will happen. And the second episode's like, okay, they're, like, trapped somewhere. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like, just the yeah. basic, like, through line of every three-parter we have is, like, the first episode, a whole bunch of shit happens. It doesn't really make sense. And the middle is, like, okay, we're, we're it's quiet. And then the third one's, like, okay, we're gonna, we fix everything, which I guess is how stories work. Yeah. But it just seemed really, really well, fast. This one, I um, will say, the middle episode, we'll talk about it, but I feel like this the, there's a lot that happens yes, in the middle episode. there's a lot that happens in every single yeah. one of these yeah, ones. Yeah, these were, these are heavy episodes. This yes. might be a longer so, podcast. Yeah. Well, just so for the summary of the first one, I feel like I'm good at summarizing it. Basically, they received the the councils received a transmission uh, that they were able to decode that was actually from 2000 years ago. Um, it takes them to the Prolithium system. Uh, they rendezvous with the star cruiser that Rex has pulled up um, and they're like, hey, we're going to what's going on here. However, their signals aren't connecting to one another. And they're like, hey, Rex is supposed to be right where we are, but we can't see him. And Rex is like, I can't see you either. And then this just giant pyramid thing appears and sucks them into it. And they end up crash landing on this planet. And this planet, or, or Ahsoka calls it like a, like a organic mass. It's not actually a planet, but what it's a- bigger than an asteroid, I guess. She's <laughs> like, it's not really a planet. It's just like a, is it like a flat plane of stuff? I don't know. I don't understand. I love when she's like this organic mass that's larger than an asteroid. It's like, it's is like, it a planet? I think we call those planets. Yeah, I was very confused by that. I was like, why aren't we calling this a planet, lady? Like, what's happening? But this planet is the strangest planet they've ever landed on so far in the Star Wars universe. In the in the fact that there are floating rocks everywhere, the seasons change with the time of day. Which is insane. Which is really cool, by it's the way. It's really I love, cool. I love that they did that. And it also, like, I think it's because they talk about how this planet is like a conduit or like is really. It is dense with the force. Yeah. It is literally the force in a physical form. And so it's the balance is to have all of those things together yet separate. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think, part of the metaphor. This whole, this whole three-parter is a huge metaphor. Yeah. Th- this planet is a metaphor. <laughs> This planet... These people are metaphors. This large organic mass is a metaphor for a planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's why. Uh, No, but yeah, it's like, I I, I love how they do the visuals of that, of like when it it turns to nighttime, like it basically... Or when it it becomes dusk, it like hyper speeds up to fall, and then nighttime, it's winter essentially, and then morning, everything. And it's not even like... It's like when when morning comes and like the light shines in, everything comes back to life. So there's yeah. there's obviously like the some... life cycle literally happens within a day. Yeah, everything dies because that's what seasons are. Yeah, so. but I also think that there is a play on like like obviously like the light bringing life and the dark bringing death a sure. little bit. But yeah. but also I think it's important to note that it's like these things have to happen. Life and death have to both be. Exist. They have to coexist. Yes, absolutely. So it is. It is a lot. It's a mouthful, but it's really cool yeah. uh, looking. I like the Actually, glowy trees too. I wonder. <laughs> sorry, I'm spending a lot of time talking about the the the, the 
seasons. But I, I think that's actually a really smart decision that they did because I think that like seasonality is a very good representation of balance, right? Yeah. At, at the end of the day, like the dark side is just kind of like, it's an, I don't even want to call it like an accepting of death, but it's like. Well, like it's like winter. Like you're saying winter isn't bad. Winter is something that has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Right. Like you have to have winter and you have to have all of these things happen. For no one says life. winter is evil. No right. one says that winter is the evil season. Like some people do because you get seasonal depression. But like. <laughs> True. Winter is the easy, evil for season me, because of yes, that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But we don't like rail against it and try to prevent it. We know that it is a natural causation which yeah. is exactly what the daughter and the son say all the time the daughter is constantly being like you cannot blame my 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 brother for being selfish he is the manifestation of selfishness mm-hmm. i am the manifestation of selflessness there's not he cannot do anything else because that is what he is and both of both of them have their faults yeah but like together they're able to kind of i think keep each other in yeah and that's why they are the representation of a family because despite the fact that they don't get along they still have a bond yeah and that's the whole reason that they are they might not even really be related who knows they're all just aliens and that's like what i'm just saying like that's just how they acknowledge one another they might not even i i honestly and we're getting so deep into this now without even finishing this that's fine you should watch the episode before you listen to this anyway uh but (laughs) I, part of me even wonders if they're actual, like, living creatures or if they're just, like, force manifestations. Because they talk about how they can take any form that they want or they can take the form of the things around them. But then they just decide to die. They're like, okay, yep, I'm dying. Yeah. Mm. Um, But anyway, I do do just want to, just to kind of uh, close it off. The, I think that it's really important that they they made the decision, obviously, artistically to have the seasons in this place go really fast. And I think it's a really... It's a deeper, I'm, I'm making a deeper connection with it now than I did initially when we watched these episodes the first time and then again when we rewatched them. Because I think that you couldn't have them experience fall, winter, summer, like, unless you're like, oh. they're going to be stuck on this planet for years. Also, but... time doesn't exist because obviously at the very end, Rex is like, you guys are gone for like a second. Yeah. And they don't understand. But I just think it's cool that they were, they, they did that to show that. Absolutely. Just really quickly, the rest of this episode is... Uh, the father who they encounter, they, they encounter the daughter, they encounter the father, they encounter the son. The father explains that they believe that Anakin is the chosen one, which is why they brought him here. And they wish to test him. You know, there's a there's a bit of splitting of the splitting of the party sort of thing that happens. But eventually um, what happens during the split, like you said, Anakin sees Shmi. Obi-Wan sees Qui-Gon, and what I think is really important and cool is that Ahsoka doesn't see anyone other than herself. She sees an adult version of herself who very realistically just says, look, you need to stop being his apprentice. Uh, He's going to lead you down a bad path. And, you know, obviously that's what she ends up doing. So it turns out okay. Well, Um, and she says that he's planting the seeds of the dark side in her. And I think that that's, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. I did want to pause on the Qui-Gon uh, Force Ghost appearance yeah, yeah. because I think that that's really important for Obi-Wan's character. And when I first watched this, I was like, man, for someone who was like so connected to Qui-Gon. Yeah, he's really surprised and like about to attack him. <laughs> well, it's not even, I mean, I think he's he's like on edge because he's like, we're in this foreign place. And like, obviously, like. Can I just say that I put Qui-Gon Jam instead of <laughs> Qui-Gon Jam? Come on in, Jam. And welcome, Qui-Gon Jam. <laughs> no, I, I, 
I think that, like, it makes sense for him to be skeptical because, like, I don't think we've had Force Ghost appearances at this point. And Obi-Wan obviously hasn't seen a Force Ghost. Yeah. Um, in fact, Yoda learns, I believe Yoda learns how to be a Force Ghost from Qui-Gon <laughs> later on. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Which is really kind of interesting. So this is kind of like setting that up. What's, oh, cool. We could be Forest Ghosts. Yeah. But what I think is really cool is like, because when I first watched this, I was like, man, for he like, he doesn't seem too, you know, energized by the fact that it's like, or or even like sad or anything like that. He's just like, oh, he accepts it's Qui-Gon and then he talks to him and Qui-Gon keeps going on about like, hey, did you, have you been training Anakin? You know, he's a tra-. But like, there's no emotional kind of attachment. It doesn't no. feel like. No, no, no. There is with Obi-Wan, I think that it's it's a very short scene, but it's very powerful because Obi focuses on the fact he's like, I've trained him as best as I can, but like, he's still, he's reckless and he like, you know, does all of these different things, which like, part of that's your fault, Obi-Wan. But also <laughs> like, I, I, I get what he's getting at. He's like, I can't, I think in that moment, Obi-Wan is basically like, I was not prepared for this. Like, I was not the right person for this. Like, it should have been you. He doesn't say that, but, like, I feel like he just has that, like, feeling of, like... There's a lot of self-doubt in Obi-Wan. Yes. I think that comes out in this. And I wrote that down, too. That's, like, the way he says that, he's like, I've tried to do what I'm supposed to do, but, like, I'm not cut out to do this. I wasn't supposed to do this. Obi-Wan has guilt as well. He has guilt that, like... yeah. That Anakin is not... A perfect pupil at this point which yeah. is like i mean that's that's asking so much of yourself and so much of someone else but like i understand where he's coming from because when you think about it it was qui-gon who was pushing the anakin is the chosen one mm-hmm. kind of mentality mm-hmm. right and so i think it is really important that that qui-gon shows back up to kind of reinforce that for obi-wan here i don't know if we ever know that Obi-Wan truly believes that he was a chosen one. I think he just kind of like takes that on because mm-hmm. that was what his master believed. Mm-hmm. And so his he like I think it's it's one of those things where it's like uh you know, he was my teacher and I believed in him and I believe so strongly in him that I'm going to carry on this belief. Well, I think he also just continued that because Anakin decided that that was true too. Anakin starts to believe that in himself too, even in this, even in these episodes. Yeah, he's like, "Well, I have to take, I have to do this," mm-hmm. and but, that's part of the guilt thing too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when we get the live action Obi Wan show, I have to. I couldn't imagine that we don't. I couldn't imagine that we don't. I have to believe that we will get a Qui Gon Force Ghost. I just think it's gonna happen, and I think like, I think like it's at the point that that show happens, like. Obi-Wan is much more emotional and much more broken. Yeah. Here, he's much more reserved, like, mm-hmm. when he sees his former master. But also, like, you can see kind of the guilt kind of, like, starting to show through. Absolutely. Because, again, as we've said before, he's not that much older than Anakin. No. They are brothers. They have a familial connection um, that is different than what Qui-Gon had with Obi-Wan and, and vice versa. Um, that's basically this episode. The last thing that happens is there is a test. They kidnap... Son and daughter turn into a griffin and a bat, which they like to do a lot. Apparently. It was like a gargoyle. It's like a gargoyle and a griffin. Yeah. Still a griffin, though. Yeah, it's just, she's like a griffin. And they take Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, and the father says, you have to choose which one you want to save. And because, point blank, Anakin cannot live with the guilt of having to choose one over the other, he forces himself to 
choose that neither die. And he very simply recognizes that he can control the force in this force-dense planet and freeze them both because he is powerful. He is mm-hmm. extremely powerful. And so that is when the father belie- believes that he truly is the chosen one, that he is able to do that. Um, well, and I think that that's too like the representation of like the father basically is like, this is going to be a test for you to see if you can like bring balance to the force. And by being able to save both of them, I think it's saying like, oh, he has power over the light side and the dark side because the, the son representation of the dark side, the daughter representation of the light side, Anakin's able to overpower both of them and save, save the day. Mm Mm-hmm. So episode 16 is Altar of Mortis. The description for this one is, Before the Jedi can leave, the son takes Ahsoka captive in an attempt to entice Anakin to joining him to use their combined strength to overpower his father and sister. To this end, the son casts Ahsoka under the spell of the dark side. Meanwhile, the father attempts to stave off a disastrous showdown between his children and maintain the Force's increasingly precarious balance on the planet. Fearing that the son may be unstoppable, the daughter does the forbidden by taking Obi-Wan Kenobi to the Altar of Mortis, wherein is kept the Dagger of Mortis, a secret, a capable weapon, a weapon capable of killing a force wielder. The son steals the weapon and attempts to use it against the father to steal his power and end his rule. But the daughter, the daughter, the daughter sacrifices herself, placing herself in front of the blade. <laughs> the moral: <laughs> He who surrenders hope surrenders life. So that was actually a pretty concise summary of what actually happens in this episode. Um, so if we just want to kind of go through the finer points here. So at the very top of this episode, the son kidnaps Ahsoka. And I kind of want to just focus on this for a moment. Um, So he turns into his gargoyle form and takes Ahsoka away. And there's this moment where he turns into this like little servant gremlin dude and unclasp her from her chains. Um, And he says, you know, the hard part here is not being tied up. It's what happens in your brain, which is what like this this entire thing is like a whole mind fuck. So... That that tracks. And then he bites her. <laughs> and I was telling Tommy, I was like, why is he a vampire? Why is he a vampire? Yeah. What's the point of him being a bat and then biting someone? You, he infects her with the dark side. Well, I think it's when you think about the dark side, right? Like it's... It's just weird. We just never have seen this before is what yeah. I'm getting at. It's just like, yeah, the concept makes sense. But like... <laughs> no, you're right. It's totally like... Oh my gosh, she's a vampire who can infect people with like the dark side. Yeah, but I think once you if you take a step back, like it it feels very much like again this kind of is my whole my whole question of are these actual like living creatures? Yeah, or are exactly. They just, are they just like the 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 force? And They're metaphor aliens. Yeah, of of the light side and dark side. And I think when you think about the dark side, it's like oh one single thing. If you let one single thing stick with you. Kind of like a, a vampire bite. It can like seep in and then turn you to the dark side, which is kind of what happens with Anakin. Meanwhile, that happening, Ahsoka getting infected. Uh, the son attacks the father with the force lightning and the daughter refuses to do anything about it because it's in his nature. Um, and obviously there's like a whole conflict with the father and the son and the daughter. Obi suggests that she and Anakin could combine their powers to stop him. She leads Obi to a cavern which contains an altar holding a blade formed by pure force, which I think is an integral part of the fact that Obi-Wan is here. The fact that she chooses Obi-Wan to go with her. I mean, she doesn't, I guess she doesn't really have a choice because Ahsoka and Anakin are kind of tied up. <laughs> but she's like, hey, I can't go any further, but you can choose to wield this blade. 
And so it just, I don't know, it just kind of emphasizes the fact that Obi does have an integral part in what happens to Anakin. Well, it's also Um, interesting because I think like, so my interpretation of that is the daughter, as the representation of the light side, can't just like make the, because also just the altar of Mortis, Mortis just means death in Latin, I'm pretty sure. Mort. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm like 90% because rigor mortis is like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, So I'm pretty sure that it's just like the altar of death. And so when I think about it, and I might just be, I might be going like way too far with it, but I really think that the reason she can't make the choice to go. Mortis is what this planet is called. Oh, interesting. Um, So. Is it a planet? Right. Or is it an organic mass? Yeah, it's what this is. Is it a metaphor planet? It's what this organic mass is called. So I don't think that as like the, the person who chooses selflessness, she can make the the conscious effort to like take a life. Yes. I yes. think that's that's my read on she it. She has to be like, hey, you can go down there and grab it. What's interesting about that is like, well, okay, thinking about that, Obi-Wan is supposed to like be like Jedi, light side, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like. He's able to go and make that decision as well, which I think points a little bit to the balance, right? Like, that exists in everyone. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, as, like, a follower, like, a strict follower of the tenets of, like, the Jedi Code and things like that. And you could make an argument, like, maybe he's kind of downing himself at this point, and maybe that's why he's able to do it. Also, like, he has to save people. Like, that's the other reason. But I still think that there's making the con- conscious effort to go and get a, a weapon that is designed to kill someone mm-hmm. and is the only thing that's going to be able to, to like take a life in, <laughs> on this planet. Sorry. A weapon designed to kill someone. Yeah. Well, but specifically force metaphor people. Right. Right. But like, I think that it's interesting that for, for Obi-Wan's character, right? Cause I think it represents some of the balance within him too. And, and the balance within everyone who is like a Jedi or a Sith, right? Yeah. Like it, it, there is, again, there is no black or white. And that's what this whole arc kind of like, I think tries to establish where it's yeah. like there and even like even the way the balance Anakin's is rep- supposed to be the balance and yet he is constantly flying like if there's like a equilibrium like if he's one of those what are those things you put on uh like shelves to make sure they're balanced oh my god shit what are they called why am I yeah I'm blanking <laughs> on it I know what you're talking about a level a level yeah he's like flying back and forth between it and he's never in the middle ever yeah yeah but um, yeah yeah it was I, I love that part too it was a little weird because it was just like oh they just have this altar design for this thing but again I don't think Part of me still wonders, like, if any of this is, like, obviously all this stuff happens and all this stuff is real, but, like, is it just kind of, like, like force being made form for them that they can yeah. understand? Like, the planet itself has created not only the world, but these people to, like, okay, the force is so concentrated here that it is pulling them towards it and manifesting this illusion, basically, to test Anakin. Right. Right. Through this, through these metaphor people, which mm-hmm. I think is exactly true. Um, and the reality of what happens, though, um, once Obi gets this dagger, he goes back and the, a fight is broken out. Ahsoka is obviously fighting Anakin because she's under the influence of a vampire infection, dark side. <laughs> and Anakin is trying not to kill her. They're just kind of battling with one another. Uh, the daughter and the son are fighting. The father comes back. 
um, trying to stop them as well. And uh, Ahsoka grabs the dagger out of the air because Anakin tries to throw it. And this is just as you, you might have just said this, but this is when uh, Ahsoka is like under the influence. Like she's basically fully Sith at this yeah, point. Yeah, I said she got vampire right. infected by yeah. the dark side. <laughs> and uh, so like she's she is a Sith at this point, which is really so, yes. cool to see. She's so creepy looking. Sith. Ahsoka, yeah, um, and just like how like her kind of behavior so and form and figure yeah. kind of changes a little bit. She reminded me a lot more of uh, Ventress, yes. when she was fighting, yeah. uh, in those moments, which very is very aggressive. Cool. Yep. And Anakin actually had a really hard time keeping up with her, which was really cool. Um, but anyway, she intercepts the dagger, and the son goes to stab the father, and of course, the daughter intervenes and is stabbed, and he's mortified. He screams and he runs away as a bat, uh, which he does multiple times. <laughs> but that's. <laughs> That's the emotional side of things. I know. Right? I'm just laughing because it's just funny. Yeah. But it's, it's, yes. It was very interesting to see that because like he didn't want to hurt. I don't think he wanted to hurt either one of them. No. But like he had, he felt like he had to do it. It's kind of a mirror of how devastated Anakin is when Padme dies. Yes. Yep. Like it's very like, I love you. Like there is a love between the, the daughter and the son that isn't incestuous because I, I don't think they're actually re- real things or people. <laughs> But there's like, obviously there's a familial love and then also a just like innate love of another person that leads them to this, right? The father or the son having taken the dagger before he stabs the father looks to Ahsoka and says, thanks, you're you're cool and taps her on the head and literally instantly kills her. Uh, so we have a moment where Ahsoka's dead. Yeah. And in the last moments of her life, the daughter decides to sacrifice the rest of her livelihood to Ahsoka. They con- there's a, the father does this like ritual thing and, and uses Anakin as a conduit to transfer the rest of her energy to Ahsoka, and Ahsoka lives. Yeah, um, and that was really interesting too because there's like, a li- yeah. like obviously like a lot of bit of a lot of bit of <laughs> a lot of foreshadowing there where like for Anakin. Later on, like, he really, truly desires to, like, and I think we talked about, we might might have talked about this in a previous episode, but I know in some of the comic arcs, one of the ways that, like, Palpatine is able to, like, Resurrection. Yeah, resurrection is, like, a big deal, and I think he really wants to bring Padme back, and I think there's, like, an arc where he either, I don't know if it's, like, canon, or I think there's an arc where he does, I don't know what happens, so I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of, like, speaking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading that. But I think that that's definitely sounds like something that's happened. It's interesting <laughs> because it's like the like the light side is able to do that here, but yeah. it's the dark side that like promises that, right? Yes. And I think well because life is a light side thing, but it's the corrupt. It's like a corrupt side of that, right? I mean, a necromancer is like. The opposite of a cleric. Right. But I also think, too, it's, I think it's important because, let's say Ahsoka had died of, like, old age or something, Mm -hmm. or, you know, was killed, like, in, like, a way that, like, destiny kind of, like, deemed, right? Yeah, yeah, Destiny plays a huge role in this. I don't think she was supposed to die there, so that's why it was kind of, like, okay for the light side wielder to do that, Mm -hmm. and it was okay for, like... Anakin to be the conduit and like the father to kind of like oversee that. Whereas like if if that was you know any other time, right? Like if let's say Ahsoka dies, you know, in a battle, you know, twenty years from now, mm-hmm. I don't think they would if they like brought her to that planet. I don't think they would bring her back to life because it would be like no, this is the balance kind of thing. Like yeah. she's supposed to but die. It was here. obviously an unnatural. Yeah, 
I think that's I think that's really important. Whereas like the Sith in the dark side way of looking at death is like, no, we want to subvert death in a way that's like unnatural. Yeah. So also like the um speaking of like un- just a little note here, speaking of unnatural forces and the way that the dark side attempts to manipulate the organic uhness of the light side, uh the fact that Palpatine makes himself a clone. And clones himself multiple mm-hmm. times. That's the same thing. It's a perpetuity. And we've talked about this before. That the We actually kind of came to the idea that the dark side is mostly just prolonging life. And trying to manifest your power for as much, as, as long as inhumanly possible. Yeah. Right? Um, which the Jedi kind of do too. Because they have force ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, they try to manipulate reality the same way, and not the same way, but they try to manipulate reality by be- injecting themselves into it once they're dead. So well, that's but kind of interesting too. It's definitely different. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I think that there is like a. I think it's kind of like two sides of the same coin yeah. kind of thing, where mm-hmm. it's like, whereas like the Jedi are like, no, we're hands off. We're still here. We're part of the Force. It's like, okay to be a ghost, but not a zombie. But I think that's the difference, <laughs> right? Is like if you're if you're a Sith. And you find a way to live for thousands of years yeah. and maintain your power. You're drawing off of the force like that entire time. Whereas like a Jedi, when they die, they give themselves in like up to the force. They get, they go into the force. Yes. So they're kind of giving back to that kind of yeah. that life cycle a little mm-hmm. bit. Whereas like a Sith is still drawing from that. Yeah. And they're not, they're not just hanging out as a ghost like the whole time. Like they just only appear in certain oh, moments. Only when they need to. They're just like <laughs> chilling, walking around, everybody commenting and shit. Um, um, yeah. One thing I did want to note, uh, there were a couple lines that I took down from this episode too. Mm-hmm. One, Obi-Wan, when he gets, uh, when he gets the sword, he says, we're in the middle of something that we don't truly understand. And I thought that was really poignant. It wasn't just like in the moment that felt very like, that felt very encapsulating of everything that's going on during the Clone Wars. Like mm-hmm. they literally are in the middle of something they don't truly understand with the Chosen One, right? With Anakin, with the Clone Wars, you know, with mm-hmm. it being just like this giant, like insidious, yeah, uh, puppeteering, right? With the clones, like what are what's going on with them? Like it's that line, like you could make that the tagline for the entire Clone Wars show. Just put that as the moral at the beginning of every single episode, right? Like, and it, and it would make sense. It's like we are in the middle of something we don't truly understand, and I think that even goes to we talk a lot about like. We talk a lot about Obi-Wan's kind of defense of the Jedi and how in the first episode we covered in this series, you know, him talking to Satine about the Jedi being peacemakers and that's why they need to be on the front line. And it's like so much of what they do feels incongruous, Mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't feel like it 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 adds up to what they're trying to do, Mm -hmm. but they're just kind of like almost kind of like fumbling along a lot of the time. Absolutely. You know, and so it, it really is just this moment where it's like, that just, again, like, it just felt so much larger than that specific moment where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you are in the middle of something you truly don't understand. And also, let's not forget, he's saying this when they're at kind of like, they describe where they're at as kind of this nexus sort of thing of the force where it's like, this is where like the light side and the dark side meet and then there's balance. It's like where all of the force kind of like flows through. It kind of felt like that's what they were saying. And so it's like, you're at the nexus of the force and you're saying, this is something that we truly don't understand. It's yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's like, like not even like, I'm not even saying that as like a, 
Like you can count on Obi Wan to state the obvious every time something true. is happening. True, but like even in that moment, like I don't think it was him stating because I'm I'm extrapolating this out. He wasn't being it, sarcastic, yeah. like he normally is, but he was still saying the obvious, which he always does. I also took down the son in this episode. I believe it's in this episode. He says, "I have done what is right or what is wrong, depending on your point of view." Mm-hmm. Which that's obviously a. What do we call it? A front back? No, not a front back. <laughs> a front back. A future back. A future back. A front back. That's obviously... A front back's a hairstyle. <laughs> Party in the front? All right, no. Party <laughs> in the front, business in the back. A front back is a mullet. A reverse mullet is a party in the front. And business in the back. The back of your head just has a tax code carved into it. Um, so Jesus stupid. Christ. So that's obviously a... Uh, Wait, was that a quote from that show? No. Uh. That's obviously... So when the son says that, like, the point of view thing, like, that's a, obviously a famous quote from episode three of where, you know... Anakin says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, like, that's just, like, a, that that's just a kind of foreshadowing there, but I also thought that it was, it was very natural, where it was, like, I didn't, I caught it, obviously, but I think that if you're just watching the episode, it could be something that just kind of, like, slips by. Yeah. This is a, this is just something that I noted, I don't know when I put this down, like, in reference to, like, what part of the episode, but that just reminded me that I just put down, like, this is, this is gonna seem very obvious. But it's never truly an external force that makes a Sith or a Jedi. It is a personal choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what you mean by point of view. Is like, well, it doesn't really matter what side you choose in the end. I mean, it does, I guess, in some ways. But the fact that you chose it is your decision. And I think that also comes on to Anakin as a guilt thing because he's so adamant at some point and also convincing people they're wrong about him. Well, and yeah. And I, I like everyone, especially at this moment where um, we see in the, the third part of this three parter, which we'll get to is when the sun shows him what he becomes. And he immediately is just like stubborn about it and refuses to believe that it's like he refuses to believe that's going to happen and yet he knows that that is what is going well, to no, happen. No, he's like he's like no, I've caused so much pain. Like he's like It's a it's a guilt thing. Yeah. Again. So I, I love that you said that because I connected with that so 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 deeply of like the the point of view thing, right? Like you never know what's going on internally with someone, right? No. Like like you never know how someone's feeling and how that can drive their decisions, right? And so I think it's really important that like you can't you can't that's why that that's why the Jedi are so adamant about like stripping away once and and and, and a lot of obviously that's from like a lot of different cultures and things like that like you strip away um you strip away those external forces, right? Like that's why you you banish not banish, but I'm not using the right words, but like you don't fall in love and you don't mm-hmm. uh feed into fear and you don't It's feed a very into clinical. Anger. It's a very clinical perspective. Yeah, but it's like it, those things are what can cause people to make decisions that are based like that that causes people to have that moment of like no it was my like that was based on my point of view and i think a lot about you know when when you get in an argument with someone right it's like oh that person said this to me that means that they're saying they're saying that because 
they think X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, no, you don't know. You have no idea. You don't know why they're so angry about like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that you're arguing about. Yeah. You don't know like what could be being drawn up for them. And so I think, I think that that's just like a really interesting, I think it's a really interesting take. And I don't, I don't think that the son is like wrong in that. Obviously like it's, he is wrong because his whole thing is like, I've done what is right. You know, when he's like making everything turn evil. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, when you get down to it, he his whole thing is like, no, with the power that I can provide, we can destroy the Sith and the Jedi. And that's something that you get from other characters. Mm-hmm. Maul. Maul, like, specifically. Which is, is why I think Sam Witwer is a perfect yeah. kind of voice. He's also just a great voice actor. He's an amazing he has such a good actor. emotional control. Like, he's emotionally just so... I mean, that's why I love Maul, because he's so crazy, and he has, like, this beautiful, like, emotional, like, cadence to yeah. his voice, and so it's, does the sun. It's a very, it's a very pure, it's a very pure kind of uh, um, application of the dark side, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, no, I don't want you to be a Sith either, either. like, I don't want any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, all of this stuff causes pain, and all of this stuff causes suffering, so let's get rid of it all. Yes. Like, in, in like, not in the sense of, like, the Jedi pushing it away, but in the sense of, like, no, we're gonna destroy Eliminating it. it. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, it was really, it's really interesting, and, like, I think that's where the, the sun, who represents the dark side, his point of view is, like, no, we can destroy all of this, mm-hmm. and then there will be true peace. Exactly. That kind of moves us right into the, the, the third episode. The official description is the Jedi remain stranded on Mortis and the sun, aligned with the dark side, renews his efforts to convert Anakin as the Jedi prepare for a decisive confrontation. Confrontation. Confrontation, which is exactly what you just said. He's trying to use that ploy to convert Anakin to say, I'm not saying that we're just killing Jedi here. We're going to kill the Sith too. We're going to kill everything that is called you suffering and guilt. Uh, which is exactly what Anakin wants. Anakin is stunned by images of his dark future, his dark future back, and the son promises him the power to avert this destiny. The father recognizes that the son has broken the rules of time. <laughs> he wipes Anakin's memory of these future visions and steals the Mortis dagger to end the conflict. The father impales himself, thus preventing the son from stealing his power. The son, stunned by this, is run through by Anakin. With all three Force wielders destroyed, the imbalance in the Force disappears on Mortis. The three Jedi are transplanted back to the galaxy proper, apparently at the moment that they disappeared. The moral, the moral here is he who seeks to control fate shall never find peace. So there's a lot of little stuff that happens at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Soka spends a really long time trying to repair the ship. And then Obi-Wan ends up trying to get her to just literally stop doing that because Anakin and the son are about to take off on the ship. And the way that she does that is by taking a little tube out and apparently that stops the whole ship from working again which was fucking hilarious i i yeah we were laughing about that but i also was like oh that must just be like the keys like or something like that but it is really key tube whatever it is but anyway that that happens at the beginning qui-gon jinn appears to anakin in this Mm -hmm. episode um and tells him to go to the well of the dark side and the well of the dark side is where we have this really vivid moment that obviously looks like um is it mustafar yes that it looks just like mustafar it's like this lava entrenched cave um you have that mirror moment where anakin is in the lava with obi-wan and it's obviously a parallel to episode three 
So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you see visions of Obi-Wan, kind of what he says to him. At yeah, the he, even, he even says, you were my brother. You were the chosen one. You were the chosen yep. one. Um, and this is that moment we were just talking about where he sees the future back. <laughs> And yeah. all of that stuff. He sees he sees himself murdering all of the younglings. Like Yeah, he hears Darth Sidious talking to him. Uh he sees Darth Sidious, which he does not recognize as Palpatine at all. Even though they well, look exactly the same. He may have, but but again, doesn't matter. He got he his, gets his memory gets, gets erased. Memory so this is so there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in this episode. I think the bulk of it is like that scene and yes. then kind of the end there. I will say with that scene in particular. One of the things that was interesting to me is that obviously like he's he's a Sith, right? He's like given in to the yeah, dark yeah, side yeah. at that point. But like he's so ready to go and like part of me is wondering like if they left, would he just like go and just murder Sidious? Yeah. And like what would have what, what would, would happen? change there? Like, you know, what would, would he have happened? just come would he have just come up a, a Sith? He would have been an even more powerful Sith, because first of all, he wouldn't be in a suit. That, you know, with a respirator, like, you know what I mean? Like, he would have been a young, very corrupt, very powerful Sith Lord. If yeah. that were the... I think it would have been worse, somehow. Um, now, obviously... But I, the the Jedi would have been... Well, the Jedi would have been alive. Order 66 mm, wouldn't have happened. I don't know. I think so, that, like... Honestly, I think he probably would have just died. Because I think he would have, like, gone, tried to murder Palpatine... And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know, I don't yeah, know yeah. what would have happened, but, like, I just get a sense that, like, obviously that would have ch- changed the course of history, even though the idea is, like, oh, this is him giving into the dark side, but he's giving into the dark side early. Yeah. You know? I was thinking that, too. I was like, what, how would this change everything? I wish there um, was, so Marvel does, and I think there was even a TV show now of, like, what if, like, yeah. Marvel what if, like, if different choices and things like that happen, like, yeah. they make just, like, these kind of things. I It'd be really cool if they did a what if, like, a what if series with Star Wars. God, there's, there's so many of, possibilities. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, like, what if Anakin just doesn't go to the dark side at all? What if Anakin... What if Leia was the, what if Leia was the central force wielder the chosen like yeah. yeah well they're both kind of the chosen one i guess yeah, yeah. and luke but um but like i'm saying what if she was trained by yoda instead of luke right what if and then what if this like what if what if him and the son get off the planet yeah what happens then? yeah is it just like then do you have like this this third kind of chaotic I and mean, the son could have just donked him on the head and killed him when he was True. Once he got off, he's like, thank you. And then just tapped him on the head. But yeah, I really, I thought that was a really cool, a cool moment. Obviously, we get the visual too of. And then the, the sun, the sun falls in love with Maul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get the visual of the Darth Vader mask above Anakin as well. Or I just was laughing at that too, because when it showed the Darth Vader mask, I was thinking Anakin was like, I don't wear that. St- why am I wearing a stupid helmet? <laughs> I don't wear helmets. That's a dumb. That's a dumb fashion choice. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But um. So we had that whole thing. He kicks the speeder bikes off of the uh ledge, and just leaves Obi Wan there in the in the lava to die. Can we also <laughs> real quick just talk about like the side, the very minor side arc that is Ahsoka fixing the ship? Dude, it was so long. <laughs> And then she <laughs> fell asleep down there, and, like, she's really smart. Like, and they're asking also, her, like, what, so is this going to be fixed or what? Like, what's yeah. going on? My whole thing is, like, Anakin is, like, this mechanic wizard. I'm like, why yeah, the fuck She's is digging it? it. She's having so fun, because he's kind of busy, I well, guess. Why isn't he fixing the ship? He's but... too busy getting turned to the dark, watching a future back. But it was interesting, like, it was very interesting, like, her character shift. Like, she went from... She was having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, all right, guys, here's here's the deal. 
Uh, you're gonna need a new carburetor. We uh, got a we got a respirator on a twenty four ten four. I don't know. <laughs> but like, so she's doing that power converter. It takes so long, like you said. She falls asleep. Also, there's a great moment where like <laughs> Obi Wan's like he basically is like less sleeping, more fixing, and it's like <laughs> then brings her coffee. <laughs> she's like. He's like 15 at this point, fixing your fucking ship, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I love when he's like, hey, to work. hey, we need to destroy the ship again. And she's like, I just fixed it. <laughs> it it was just, I, I I thought it was very comical, but I also thought it was interesting. Like she played such an integral role in the, the last episode yeah. that they just kind of relegate her to like fixing the ship. I love as her like goggles the, too. The ultimate just side character yeah. of this episode. I loved um, her goggles that she wore too. Her mechanics yeah. goggles. It was actually really cute, but it was, no, it was so random. It was great, but it was also just like, we don't, it really felt like they were like, we don't know what to do with Ahsoka. Oh, she, she's the one who fixes the ship. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. need Obi and yeah. Anakin to have their confrontation. Yeah. So that's, that's how we'll keep... <laughs> Uh, Ahsoka away. Yeah, exactly. So, meanwhile, the son goes to his sister's tomb and takes the dagger out. Anakin's then confronted by the father, who maintains he will cause great suffering in the future. And the father simply erases his memories of the future back, uh, which breaks the son's hold on him, and he suddenly is not a Sith anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know what happened. Um, the Jedi attack the son... Uh, they were joined with Ahsoka and Obi-Wan at the monastery, but the father knows that the son is too powerful, so he turns the dagger on himself and says, you know, your power is my power, and if I kill myself, you're, I know that your power will be depleted. Which, like, the son tried to kill the father initially. Would that have happened if the son had tried to stab the father in the first place? I don't know. It's a little confusing. Well... I think it's, like, he doesn't die. Like, the son doesn't die when the father stabs himself. He dies when Anakin stabs him in the back, which does all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He back. stabbed both of them. The, the, yeah. the father had a giant hole in his back, too, which is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious that he stabbed him. But they're not real. They're metaphor people, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it's also CGI. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just love that the, the father was like, you brought balance to this world. And it was like... By slaughtering only three people that live on this planet? Yeah. I'm confused. It, well, like, I know there were lessons to be learned, but I don't think Anakin took any of them away from this. I don't think he learned anything he was supposed to. And then they just killed everybody. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think this definitely had an effect on him. I think it definitely had an effect on all of them. It's very much, I need to, I wanted to look up if this episode gets referenced again, but I, I don't look call if it does i will say i know that the daughter shows up in rebels at some point spoiler oh interesting i I don't know where or i don't think where we're at in rebels that we've gotten to it i hate her hair (laughs) but um so weird i i think that like i think i think this whole episode is more about like the the emotional journeys like this was a this was a really interesting way for them to kind of bring back like this to me, this story arc is where the show really moves from, um, even though we've had like a lot of like three-parter episodes, it really moves on from the Clone Wars to we're, mo- we're careening towards and we're moving towards like the end game kind yes. of stuff. Like mm-hmm. this is like that first episode where it's like the first, up till this point, it was very much like Clone Wars episode two kind of mm-hmm. stuff and like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then this is like, now we're moving towards the final pieces being put into place. Yes. And it's like, now Anakin has to, is like dealing with his guilt and his doubt even more. Obi-Wan, the same thing. Like Ahsoka, Ahsoka. now has the seeds planted of like, 
maybe my master is not doing things the correct way. And then that like leads to when she ends up leaving, you know, the order, like that leads to that kind of decision as well. So like, really, I think that even if this episode isn't mentioned, the the through lines for the characters become very pronounced. And it's a very profound episode for that reason, because I think it really like, it really centers, right? It really recenters the show. And it's like, these are important concepts and these are things that are going to be dealt with moving forward. Mm-hmm. This is, again, as we, as I mentioned earlier, the episode, one of the episodes where I felt like there's so much to discuss about this show. Um, but also, you know, it's still early on, like you said, but a pivotal moment in recognizing that this show is picking up where the movies left off and filling in the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And actually giving Anakin real justification for becoming what he does. So the end of this episode is that they just get zapped back into where they were. Zap back to reality? Yeah. Oh, future back. there's gravity. They, yeah, there is none because they're in space. I do like the fact that this was something that it's like, did we share this together? Did this really happen? Did it not happen? Um, but it's never brought up again. Because this happened after the movies were out, so that's why. Well, uh, and, yeah, and and I I think that they they do a really poor job of explaining why, why they don't talk about it because they're just like when when Rex is talking to them, they're like, yeah, they never bring it up ever again. We wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe us if we told you. Stop, wow. But um, I will say though, um, I, a couple of things that I wanted to mention too. Um, so we talked about we talked about Qui Gon being a Force ghost for both Obi and for. Anakin, their reaction is like polar opposites. Like, whereas I talked about like Obi-Wan is very measured in his response. He's not like, he doesn't appear to be overly emotional. Anakin is more emotional Mm -hmm. in both episodes where he sees, I mean, his mom isn't a force ghost, but when he sees a vision, you Mm -hmm. know, of someone from his past, he's very emotional. He's very kind of overtaken Mm -hmm. in those moments. Whereas like Obi-Wan is like, you know, like, let's figure out like what's going on. Like very kind of rational kind of um, uh, reaction to that happening. I also thought, especially in this episode, so there is a line that the father says. Um, he says, he says, uh, something about he himself was an old fool who believed he could control the future. So, like, I think the entire time, so that led me to have a bunch of questions, right? One is obviously, like, the, the son is able to show Anakin what happens. Mm-hmm. The father knows that those things happen, it would appear, mm-hmm. right? Because he he says, like, he showed you he showed you the future. He shouldn't have showed you those things. I'm taking those memories away. Mm-hmm. The father also has that line where he says, like, he was an old fool who thought he could, he could control the future. Did he bring Anakin there with the intent of getting Anakin to stay there to prevent Anakin from doing the things that he knows is going to happen? Probably, yeah. Like, Because he tells him he wants Anakin to stay there he wants- to maintain the balance. Yeah, and that's kind of like the whole... And not just like in the planet, but also the repercussions of doing that will change the galaxy. Yeah, that's kind of a whole chosen one kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like the whole chosen one arc is like... Well, that's what he says. The whole myth is that that person is supposed to maintain balance to the Force. They don't say like they do that by you know, preserving the world or doing good acts. They It could literally just be, no, you're going to sit here in this cube and do this. Because... What I'm doing. Because what ends this up... This is the crux of the, the force. Yeah. You have to stay here and, and hold it together. 
Because what ends up happening, uh, as we know, is that Anakin joins with Sidious and the whole the whole balance shifts like mm-hmm. from there it goes well maybe his choice that he left us in the first place is what ticked it all off yeah but i did think that was uh, the first time we watched that i didn't have that thought but then i was like yeah man i think that the f- whole impetus of of this happening obviously like the father talks about like no i want you to stay here and like basically control my son and daughter which are their obvious metaphors for like light side and dark side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so like that you, you can kind of extrapolate from there but i think like part of me is like man he really, he really was like, if Anakin stays here and is kind of centered and becomes the balance here in this moment on this planet, he's not going to be able to escape. He's not going to be able to do the things that we know he's going to do, which brings an imbalance, like, completely. Exactly. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was particularly interesting. I also thought that it was kind of funny that he talks about the sun breaking the tall, the, the talls of lime, the, the laws of time. When the father is kind of doing the same thing too, yeah. If that, if you, if you take that to be kind of the rationale as to why he mm-hmm. brought Anakin there, he wants to do the same thing, but in a different way. Um, Absolutely. Granted, he also like leaves it up to Anakin's choice. He ne- he never like keeps them there. The only time he kind of forces them to stay there is when he 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 does the test. Mm-hmm. And it, other than that, like it's basically like you're free to go. And then it's the dark side and the light side that end up kind of like pulling them back in and things like that. Mm-hmm. So really, really interesting, um, really interesting dynamics. I think also, too, I did want to mention uh, with Obi-Wan, I mean, he very much, he very much like, you you just get that sense that like, he doesn't, not that he doesn't know what he's doing, but like, he doesn't really know what the right path is. And he approaches that like a different way than Anakin, obviously. But like, you really get that kind of like reservedness mm-hmm. from him, that kind of... He always has to stop and try to think logically about everything. Right. Whereas Anakin's like, no, we have to stop this from happening right now. Uh, because he's plagued by his guilt. Yeah. So, uh, I have just one note. I think you. Ex- I think you summarized or an- analyze that ending very perfectly. Uh, this is a very off note, but this is something I just noted from Wikipedia that the Sith Lords, Darth Revan and Darth Bane were supposed to be in one of these episodes as advisors to the sun. And it was cut short because of production time. Interesting. And I don't know what that would have been about, but that would have been really cool, but it wouldn't have made any sense to me. Uh, yeah, I wonder what the idea with that was yeah i don't know again like i had mentioned to you the transmission was like thousands of years old and so maybe well they said that the the code was thousands of years old but did they say that the met i, mean, I guess that's kind of like the what you take from that is like oh they're it using a really old sent- code yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know but it's just an interesting point um but yeah i think that yeah and darth so darth bane uh actually ends up being in another episode uh, he's in Sacrifice, but he oh. has a totally redone character design. But if you look on Wikipedia, you can see the character design for Revan, and it looks just like the video game, which is really cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, Revan is from uh, the original Knights of the Old Republic game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of, that's really cool that they were trying to bring, bring them in there. And yeah, I kind of, part of me wonders too, like, when does all this take place? Maybe they actually were... They did go through time. And that would have been an indication because I think Bane, Darth Bane, I think, is from the future. Mm. 
Is that right? Like, I thought that Darth Bane was... I don't know much about Darth Bane. Maybe not. Oh, no, maybe he was the... Was he the first Sith? Yeah, never mind. So they were both... They were, They both would have been from the past. Like, uh, Revan would have been from the past, and Bane would have been from the past. Mm-hmm. So this could have been taking place, like, you know, thousands of years ago. We don't, yeah. we don't actually know. Yeah, it could have been that they... Again, uh, the father manipulating time went to the future yeah. <laughs> to fix this, to to change things. And that's why he says at the end, you know, because the, the planet also seemed like a ship. It seemed like it was a ship. Well, yeah. Well, and, and, that and maybe was, that's why it was an organic mass and not a planet. <laughs> that was my question was like, was that actually where they landed or did that just like teleport them somewhere else? That yeah. like that I, it looked cube. Like- it, yeah, I thought maybe it was a planet that was like encased in like a thing. I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, one thing I did want to note: the way that the sun looked reminded me so much of the Inquisitors. Oh, absolutely! Like he looks he, just like them. He yeah. looked just like the Grand Inquisitor. Like, yeah, he did. Um, uh, I, I don't know if he was supposed to be like the same race, like you know, if he kind of just took on that form. But I do think that's interesting because it's like. Is that like well the daughter or yeah the daughter looks much more human even though she's like glowing and stuff yeah and so part of me wonders like so the she looks like Satine her face looked just like Satine's yeah and so the the Inquisitors are pu- I think it's Puan I don't know how to pronounce like the the race but they're you know like that's a specific race of people mm-hmm. who kind mm-hmm. of like look like that and have those those markings and things. Part of me wonders if that ends up being like, you know, is that like, does that seep into Anakin's mind of like, these are people I can use to like hunt Jedi in the future? Like, you know, th- did the did the dark side manifest itself as the sun to look like that as a kind of signal, right? To say like, oh, these are these are people that like, you know, I don't know. It's just it was just interesting that that design was so much yeah. like the like the Grand Inquisitor and they look so much like. Uh, you know, how they end up looking. Absolutely. Yeah, they look very similar. And I have to admit, like, that had to have been... Obviously, like, the, the Inquisitors were designed after this episode, so we would have to look at, like, Rebels and see, like, what was the Grand Inquisitor's design taken from the sun? It, yeah. It, it had to have been. Yeah, they're so They're close. way too close and way too similar. And even when he's in gargoyle form, he has kind of, like, the lines on his face, which I thought was really... Yeah, um, he keeps, like, the same type of markings. Yeah, which I thought was uh really cool. Well... I think that's it for today's episode. Do we want to do go beyond the outer rim? Is it my turn? Yeah, if you have something. I started playing Animal Crossing again, <laughs> like last night. So that's what I'm doing. That's and you're fun. still playing Elden Ring. Yep. Not playing anything else. Yep. But I pretty much that's like half the world. So I'm excited to finish Elden Ring so that I can play uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which I have a copy of. Yeah. That I haven't really. Your friend worked on a little bit. Yeah, we have a friend who uh, works at Gearbox, and yeah, so that was that's really great things. I really, I really want to play that, but Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to get back into Animal Crossing. You are well. I just think, I know you enjoy... It's really fun. Yeah. And you had been doing kind of like The Sims and stuff like that. So like the the, the world building, I think, is like something yeah, I've you just enjoy. Been, I've just been... Lo- yeah, I love world building games. Um, I love creating a theme. My last theme island was like a cottage core thing. And so now I'm going to do like 
kind of a side to that, like a like a Japanese town village, but it's also going to have like a train station. And I'm obviously pulling from thousands of other people who have already done this, but it'll be a lot of fun because there's a whole bunch of new items and stuff. There's like cars and things and you can't drive them around, but they look really cool. So I'm kind of excited about that. That's that's very fun. Yeah. Well, that is it for today's episode. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Distant Echoes SW. Or you can find us each individually. Tommy, where can people find you? I am located at Awkward Comma on Twitter. And I'm at Cassie Thulu. Tune in next time when we find out if Anakin learned anything from his weird acid trip vampire nightmare dream. Spoiler! He does not. If anything, it probably just accelerated it. <laughs> yes, he wants to learn how to bite people. Yeah, that would be an interesting exploration. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.